This is the Sloss Sports Show on Anchor.fm, weekly episodes highlighting and breaking down the biggest stories across sports. Make sure to keep up with the latest episodes and breaking news on Twitter by following at Sloss Sports Show and keep up to date with the latest breaking news around the NFL. The official site of the show, knoble87.wixsite.com slash Report. And now, here's your host, Cole Noble. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Slaw Sports Show. That's right. We are back on the show. Hope you're all having a great day wherever and whenever uh, you are listening to this episode. We're back after a couple weeks of a little break, kind of just reevaluating what we're going to do um, with the platform we're on right now and what we're going to do with the show going forward. But we're working those things out and changes are coming uh, for the new year that you should be excited about with the Saw Sports Show. But we're back here with the podcast today um, because we got to talk playoffs. It is officially playoff time in the National Football League. Super wild card weekend is this weekend, um, Saturday, Sunday, and for the first time ever, Monday for the wild card weekend. A lot to talk about. Um, we, we'll talk a little bit about how the season unfolded. Um, how it finally came to a close, and then now moving in to the playoffs and to the postseason, what to expect for the 14 teams that went on um, to keep their season alive with hopes of hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year, which is either going to be at SoFi um, with me in Los Angeles or maybe even move somewhere else uh, due to the Omicron variant and COVID-19 still going rampant uh, around the country. Um, and especially in California, see what happens there with the Super Bowl, uh, if they move it or now, you know, less than a month away, looking towards February, um, what's going to be happening uh, with the Super Bowl going forward. But nevertheless, it's playoff time. Let's talk about it. Let's dive into it. Before we get to our Super Wild Card Weekend matchups, we're going to start off with the number one seeds, uh, the teams who have gotten the first round by and both respective conferences, the NFC and the AFC. And we'll start in the AFC with the Tennessee Titans and head coach Mike Vrabel and what they've done this season. No one, I would say, expected Tennessee at the beginning of the year to be the number one seed in the AFC conference this year, get the first round by. And what a season this team has put on um, with head coach um, Mike Vrabel. Nothing short of amazing. I would have to say what they did um, still getting there. I think they're still being disrespected as a number one seed. And I think that they're definitely a team that you don't want to mess with. You don't want to underrate or overlook if you're one of these AFC teams in the playoffs right now, uh, when you get past, you know, your first game in, in the wild card round and move on to the divisional round and have to, uh, one of these teams will have to go to Nashville and will have to go and take on the Tennessee Titans. And I think that they're not a team that you need to overlook by any means necessary. They're the first team in NFL history to record at least eight wins against teams that finished the season with a winning record, which of course is every team this year in the playoffs has a winning record. And they did that using 91 different players this season due to injury. Uh, I think the only team that had more injuries to their team was the New Orleans Saints. So what a coaching job uh, by not only uh, Mike Vrabel, but also Sean Payton, give him some credit as well. They were right on the verge there in week 18 of making the playoffs, um, ultimately couldn't get in, and San Francisco solidified their spot. 
uh, which will be a team we get to later. But right now, this team, the Tennessee Titans, is a team that no one wants to see get fully healthy because of what they've done this year, getting to that number one seed, getting that first round by. They did all that without arguably their best player on their entire team and in their entire franchise and Derrick Henry. And now it's looking like Derrick Henry will return after the first round by for the divisional round. Old Tractor Cito, the King, King Henry, whatever you call him, the beast. He will be back for this first playoff game for the Tennessee Titans. And not only is Derrick Henry going to be back, but this passing attack with Ryan Tannehill is also going to have Julio Jones back hopefully at full health and A.J. Brown back hopefully at full health as well for Ryan Tannehill, who we know can he can be streaky at times. He can get on a tear where he's a, a tough guy to slow down at the quarterback position when he's on his game. And a healthy Julio Jones and a healthy A.J. Brown and a return of Derrick Henry to take pressure off of him in the passing game is going to work wonders for what he can do with the ball. And on defense, it's been a tough squad um, as well. And getting some more help on injury, on that again, that injury side on defense, you know, the 91 different players this team has used throughout the season, get some of those players back. Get some of those players back and being healthy in this game will work wonders for this entire team as a whole outside of just their big three weapons they have on offense to you know account for in this team. I'm excited to see what they do at this next uh, step into the playoffs. Um, again, like I said, this team's just a team that's very underrated. And I think that they're easily going to cruise their way um, into the AFC Championship game, and they're going to fight and fight hard to get a chance to go to the Super Bowl um, and definitely a team that in my mind, is a contender um, to win the Super Bowl this season. You know, even though that you know they're the number one seed, so of course you would think they'd be the contender, but not everyone's saying that um, in the media. And I will come out and say that I do think this Tennessee Titan team could be a contender um, if they get back uh, to their dominance with their healthy side uh, coming out here in the playoffs. And the big thing I want to keep an eye on with this team is going to be Julio Jones. Really hasn't been a factor this season. You know, had a lot of nagging injuries, especially with that hamstring. Um, had one, should have been two touchdowns on the season. Um, not what you expected if you're a Tennessee Titans fan when you went out and traded Julio Jones uh, from the Atlanta Falcons during the offseason. But what we know about Julio Jones, he's not a regular season guy. Uh, when the Falcons have gotten to the playoffs, Julio Jones has been the guy that's really taken it to that next level. As a Packers fan, I remember vividly uh, that game going in 2015-2016, um, um, the year the Falcons made it to the Super Bowl, Julio Jones was an absolute animal. That playoff streak for the Atlanta Falcons, and especially that game against my Green Bay Packers. Um, but Julio Jones, they got him for this time. The Tennessee Titans went out and traded for Julio Jones for this moment of the season, for the playoffs. And now it's up to Julio Jones to prove that, you know, they made the right decision and come out and ball out for Ryan Tannehill and for this offense and make the big plays we know Julio Jones can make as a wide receiver and as a, you know, bonafide stud at wide receiver that he has been his entire career. That's the Julio Jones I want to see in the playoffs. And, of course, who doesn't want to see Tractor Studio just rumbling for a crisp, you know, 100, 120 yards per game? Uh, like we saw earlier in the season out of Derrick Henry before his injury. Hopefully he comes back and you know, is you know, still that dominant player uh, that he was during that time. So the Tennessee Titans, their team, you don't want to you don't want to overlook um, in that second round of the playoffs. And they're getting healthier at the right time. 
and so are the Green Bay Packers. In the NFC, let's talk about them too, because I believe that's the two neck and neck, only two options for Coach of the Year at this point is Mike Rabel and what he's done for the Tennessee Titans and Matt LaFleur, who is finally getting his credit with the Green Bay Packers, had three straight 13-win seasons, um, and his first three years as head coach, two of them being the number one seed, doing it again this year uh, with Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't you know, the prolific season with, from Rodgers we saw last year, but still looking like a back-to-back MVP uh, lock-it-in for him uh, on the season. But the Green Bay Packers, health-wise, are also getting to a new level that no one in the league wants to see from this team. Um, looking at you know their practices this week and looking at their injury reports, they activated uh, Zadarius Smith. He was back at practice, the big Z. Uh, that's an all-pro edge rusher they had not had the entire season. Uh, got hurt, you know, I think, back before week one. Uh, so we haven't even seen Zadarius Smith take the field this year as a Green Bay Packer. And what he can bring to that pass rush is going to be immenseful uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Now they have multiple pieces they can move around that defensive line. You got Kenny Clark. Um, you got Rashawn Gary. You got Preston Smith, Dean Lowry, all guys who have stepped up and made plays this year uh, for the Packers without Zadarius Smith. You add him back into the fold. Now you start moving pieces around. Um, you start adding more pass rushing help uh, for that back end on that secondary. And talk about the secondary, getting back Jair Alexander, an all-pro corner. Um, you know, they looked like he was trying to come back for that Week 18 game and hopefully, you know, test that shoulder out in-game. Really, that's the only test he has to make uh, to really be cleared and ready to go. Um, so just getting back on the field and testing how that shoulder works in a real game environment um, for the Packers all-pro corner. But getting him back, in that secondary is going to be insane as well. Uh, Russell Douglas, he's looking like he might end up being an all-pro cornerback that they were, the Packers were able to pick up this year. Um, a lot of people are already putting him there. Uh, we saw um, on Twitter a list come out today on NFL Game Day. Uh, Nick Shook, he had Russell Douglas at that third cornerback spot, um, you know, that third DB spot as an all-pro player. And that's what he has been this year for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Russell Douglas since being plucked off the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. And you also have first round pick Eric Stokes in that corner position. You know, they're going to have a fun time in Green Bay once they get Jair back and Zadarius back, moving them around, you know, adding to that rotation on that defense of how they're going to scheme things up defensively, what packages they're going to put in place uh, for whatever team they face um, in the divisional round. And then offense as well for the Packers, we know what they can do um, with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, a connection that is unlike any other in the National Football League this year. Automatic, it seems like, when Aaron Rodgers targets Devontae Adams. Um, but also at wide receiver, Randall Cobb, the big slot weapon, uh, <laughs> he will be back as well. It's looking like back at practice. Um, great to see him back in there. Um, Aaron Jones, he's still you know dealing with a little bit of a nagging knee injury, uh, knee issue. But the first-round buy is key for him. Uh, took the game off week 18, let A.J. Dillon get the bulk of the carries and get you know on pace here late in the season. Um, both guys went over 1,000 scrimmage yards on the season at, at running back. The only thing with the Green Bay Packers in this first round um, and the only thing that really popped up on their injury report that can be considerable is Marquez Valdez-Scanling, uh, their speed option, the guy that really you know keeps the defense honest and pushes them back off the middle of the field where Devontae Adams likes to operate and out of the run game. Um, he is dealing with an injury, missed week 18, uh, still on the injury report, not practicing as of right now. Uh, we'll see if we get him back 
um, in the next week or so uh, for the Green Bay Packers. He'll be a big piece to have. Um, but if he can't suit up in the divisional round, um, I expect Cobby to make a lot of plays out of the slot instead uh, with Lazard and Devontae as a three wide receiver set for the Green Bay Packers. And up, up front um, on that offensive line, getting the big draft back at left tackle and also getting uh, rookie Josh Myers back at center. Seeing them both play in week 18 um, was great to see for the Green Bay Packers. You know, they had a lot of revolving doors at the offensive line position all year long, protecting Aaron Rodgers. And everyone criticized Rodgers about playing so much in week 18, but playing with a new left tackle and a new center, you need to get all the reps you can in game before playoff time. So credit to Aaron Rodgers for being able to get out there, get the snaps from uh, Josh Myers, and remember what it feels like to have David Bottiari protecting that left side. And Aaron Rodgers is able to make plays and extend plays more on week 18 against the Lions. And we've really seen all year long the vintage Aaron Rodgers extending plays in the pocket, uh, you know, moving around and then either running or making a play uh, with, you know, three, four, five seconds in the pocket. That was able to come back against the Detroit Lions in those few drives they played, uh, but cut short with the snap limits on David Bautiari. He ended up coming out of the game. Um, but, you know, working him back into that lineup is huge at left tackle in a position that the Packers really desperately needed all season long. And, you know, just up front, just stability is what this team has been missing on, you know, as a whole is that stability on the offensive line. That's starting to come back as well. So both teams, Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers, are just getting healthier than ever right now. And being the number one seeds, getting that first round by, it's important for their um, continued success throughout the playoffs. And you talk about, you know, the crowd at Tennessee and Nashville, and then you talk about the environment and the atmosphere in Lambeau. Those are going to be two tough, you know, cities, two tough environments, two tough places to come in and try to win a game in the playoffs. So credit these two teams. They're going to be very good as the number one seeds, and I'm excited to see them take the field um, in the second round of the playoffs. But now let's get to Super Wild Card Weekend. Talk about the um, actual playoff games that we're going to be seeing uh, this weekend, starting on Saturday, we got three games on Saturday, I believe. Uh, or two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, one game on Monday. Uh, so let's talk about it here. First game on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC: the Las Vegas Raiders, who snuck in in Week 18, knocking off the uh, LA Chargers, will take on the number four seed Cincinnati. Bengals taking on Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. What a season they had in Cincinnati. Um, really just setting this franchise up for continued and sustained success in the near future and in the long-term future, it seems like, in Cincinnati. Um, really just turned the corner as a franchise this year, and it was evident uh, with what they've been doing with their young pieces. Um, but let's talk about this game. Um, the big thing here, I think, is the Stars. And we talk about playoffs the stars are the biggest thing because it's when the stars shine. It's when the stars show up on the biggest stage and try to make a play for their team. Um, and the Cincinnati Bengals, we know the stars that they have. Um, you know, the two wide receivers, uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, have been stars this season. And don't underrate um, T, uh, Tyler Boyd either as well. He's made some big plays this year, uh, but not as much as Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And then Joe Burrow, of course, um, what he has been doing this season putting that franchise on his back this year, leading them to the playoffs, leading them to the division crown has been huge um, for this entire team. And Joe Mixon, he's been a touchdown fiend all season long. 
Um, you know, they got to, as the looking at the Raiders, uh, once they get down um, defensively with their backs up against the wall in the red zone and start getting down to the goal line, they're going to have to watch out for Joe Mixon. Um, he's, a guy, he's a guy who has had a knack for getting into the end zone this season, and that's not going to change. Um, once they get um, on the field on Saturday and start getting it, those long, sustained drives in toward the goal line, they're going to start trying to feed Joe Mixon the ball in those situations, which was something to watch out for for the Raiders. But look at the Raiders stars. Derek Carr's had a great season this year, um, and more people give him credit for, I'd have to say. Um, had a, let's see, 68.4 completion percentage this season, uh, was in the top five in yards this season, uh, made a lot of plays, and you know ultimately getting them back to the playoffs. First time Derek Carr, I believe, is in the playoffs. Um, that one year, a couple years back, where the Raiders were very hot at the right time, you know, the Michael Crabtree and the Amari Cooper, you know, Cleo Mack team. Um, but Derek Carr went down before the playoffs started with that ankle injury. Um, you know, broke his ankle, couldn't go into the playoffs. So now it's his real shot to do it. Um, and with the op- options he has on offense, getting back, um, Darren Waller was huge in week 18 against the L.A. Chargers, a guy who missed five games, has been such a huge part of their offense at the tight end position. And, of course, Hunter Renfro um, had a criminally underrated season this year, was one of the top wide receivers in the game uh, this season. What he was able to do uh, was nothing short of amazing as well. Um, and, you know, just kind of out of nowhere, went over 1,000 yards uh, receiving, um, had a lot of touchdowns as well, nine touchdowns on the season. The guy had, you know, almost 200 targets on the season, which is pretty great, or excuse me, 128 targets on the season, um, 103 catches, uh, which that is nothing short of amazing as well. Um, just, you know, the targets and completion percentage they had, uh, those two guys hooking up time and time again, third and Renfro, it seemed like every single third down. Uh, so Renfro, he's going to be making some good big plays, but in this game, what I'm really going to be looking for is Max Crosby. He's a guy who made a lot of plays in that week 18 game um, against the LA Chargers really was just destroying their right tackle the entire game. They had no answer for him on that Chargers front. Um, you know, they couldn't chip him with, you know, Jerry Cook because it came to a situation where Jerry Cook had to go out and he had to, you know, fully run his route and get open for Justin Herbert on those multiple fourth down attempts they had in those final two drives in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, people always want to talk about their offensive line and keeping Joe Burrow upright, keeping Joe Burrow, you know, not under pressure the entire game. Max Crosby has to be a guy that steps it up for the Las Vegas Raiders if they want a shot at beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Make things uncomfortable for Joe Burrow. Use that pass rush ability that you used against the LA Chargers that really just show that you are the guy. You are the star on this defensive front uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Make some plays here in the playoffs. Get some sacks. Pressure Joe Burrow the entire game long. Don't let him get comfortable in this game because if he does, he has shown that he can just absolutely pick you apart with the ball. Uh, so Joe Burrow has to be under pressure, and it has to be Max Crosby getting it done um, for this Raiders team to honestly have a shot, in my opinion. The Raiders offense at times can score, at times just continuously cannot move the ball. So you cannot rely on that side of the ball um, to win you this game in the playoffs has to be that defensive line pressuring Joe Burrow, forcing him into bad decisions and, you know, creating turnovers, getting big plays, getting the sacks, 
this win for the Las Vegas Raiders comes on that defensive line, in my opinion, whether they show up or not in this game and whether they can, you know, make Joe Burrow uncomfortable, get the ball back in short field opportunities for Derek Carr, uh, allow him to work with his two weapons um, with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro to get things moving and get things into the end zone. That's the scheme for the Las Vegas Raiders to win this game. And for the Cincinnati Bengals, it's got to do what they're keep doing. Be explosive. Push the ball downfield. You know, take the shots to Jamar Chase. Take the shots to T. Higgins when they're open. Um, and even when they're even when they're not, they're still been able to make plays even when they're not open. Uh, so just take the shots. Keep pushing the ball downfield. Get that ball out quick if you're Joe Burrow. Um, and ultimately, just keep doing what you've been doing. It's been working. You know, you know, against some of the top teams in the league. Go back to that Chiefs game. Uh, so keep doing what you're doing. Um, an offensive line has to play, and they have to perform for the Cincinnati Bengals because that's the battle of this game. That's where this game will be decided is that Bengals offensive line against that Raiders defensive line. Next up, second game on Saturday. Saturday night will be New England taking on the Buffalo Bills for the third time this season. We go back and we look at it. Uh, the first time the these two teams squared off, Patriots and Bills was that terrible win game. You know, kickers were shanking things out of the, you know, into the stands. Um, Josh Allen couldn't throw the ball downfield. Um, you know, the wind was just too bad. You, you know, there's no knock on uh, Josh Allen at all for that. No one could have threw the ball um, in that win. Patriots came out on top 14 to 10 by pounding the rock in that first matchup. Second time they come back around, clear weather. Um, in New England, Buffalo Bills come into Foxborough, win 33-21. Josh Allen plays a great game in that one. Three touchdowns, over 300 yards in that game. Led the team in rushing with 64 carries. That was a big Isaiah McKenzie game for the Buffalo Bills. Now we see them coming uh, you know, back up against each other for the third time this season, Bills and Patriots. Big one here. Uh, Bills obviously playing at home after taking – uh, the division crown from the New England Patriots. And this is a big game uh, between these two teams, long-hated rivals, uh, strong fan base in Buffalo, who now gets a home playoff game with fans in attendance. They are going to be rowdy in Bills Mafia um, in this game. Excited to see um, what they do here um, in this game, going up against each other. How much is the noise going to be a factor in this one um, with Buffalo? You know, at home with Bills Mafia, but something to actually worry about is going to be the weather. A freezing game, you know, single digit temperatures, chance of snow in Buffalo for this game. Is the weather going to play a factor here? Um, right now, it says it's going to be 18 degrees, um, you know, winds five to 10 miles an hour, very <laughs> a lot better than it was last time. 40% chance of snow in this game, real Buffalo weather. Um, but it's not like New England's not ready for it um, and what they play in year after year. So this one is going to be a fun one. Um, third time, you know, not much to say about this matchup because it's the third time we've seen it. Uh, we know what the Bills are going to do. They're going to rely on Josh Allen to be a guy, be their guy at quarterback and make some plays, you know, do what he does best. Um, but I also want to see the run game uh, get more involved. Devin Singletary start heating up toward the end of the season. Once they started using him, don't don't abandon it now, um, especially with how the Patriots run their offense, mainly through the ground uh, with Damian Harris or Andre Stevenson 
Um, those two guys, and then Mac Jones, just whenever he needs to make a play, seems like he always does uh, to keep getting first downs and moving the ball. They're going to they're gonna try to play keep away uh, from Josh Allen and not let him on the field and not let him make plays time and time again against this team. Bill Belichick is one of the masterminds in the National Football League, and he's been here more times than any other coach um, in you know active in the NFL this year. If anyone knows playoffs, it's Bill Belichick. Uh, so it's exciting to see what he does now here on the road for the first time in his career to start off in the wild card round. Um, you know, coaching with the New England Patriots never has he made it to the AFC championship, or excuse me, never has he made it to the wild card round and not been the AFC East champion, not had the home field advantage in the wild card round. So see what he does here um, in this one going into Buffalo now for the first game of the playoffs. You know, against a division rival you know better than anybody else. This one's going to be one of the best games in the playoffs. I'm excited for it, uh, seeing these these two teams, because the Patriots, they're a team where, you know, everything has to go right if they have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. But the Buffalo Bills, they are on the contender level, nearing potentially a favorite um, for the Super Bowl this year. Had them going to the AFC Championship game, in the preseason, you know, preseason before the season even started, they have a shot here, two games to go, um, two wins away from making it to that level for the second straight year. And hopefully this year for Buffalo Bills fans, it's the year that they take it over the top and get to that next level. But first and foremost, you got to beat the Patriots. You got to figure out a way to slow down this rushing attack, slow down what this team can do. A big one in this one's going to be Christian Barmore for the Patriots. If he can suit up, if he can play, he has been the guy that has, you know, been the guy on defense. Matt Judon had a great, um, you know, start to the season, but started slowing down as of late. And really, Christian Barmore has been the one that's taken over as that new, you know, X factor on that defense for the New England Patriots. If he can suit up and he can play, that will be huge for the Patriots. And if he can't, big, big move and big, you know, advantage for the Buffalo Bills if Barmore can't suit up on that defensive line. This one's going to be a fun one to watch, and I can't wait for it. So that wraps up our Saturday games. Now let's move into Sunday of Super Wild Card Weekend. The first game on Sunday will be at 1 p.m. Philadelphia Eagles as the seven seed taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My personal favorite game of the wild card schedule. Just these two teams, Eagles, Buccaneers um, has been a, a dream matchup for me uh, throughout the, pretty much the second half of the season. I wanted these two teams to go square head to head against each other, toe for toe in the playoffs. And now it's here in Super Wildcard Weekend in Tampa Bay, where wind gusts are expected to be absolutely insane for this game. And for, um, you know, in Tampa Bay is going to be a huge factor. Whether in Tampa Bay, windy with rain early, remaining cloudy with showers in the afternoon, high of 72, a crisp, nice day in Florida. Winds southwest at 20 to 30 miles an hour with a 70% chance of rain. And guess what? The Philadelphia Eagles currently own the number one rushing offense in the National Football League. So this is going to be an intriguing game. So you talk about weather being a factor in this one. Tom Brady having to play against this wind, and no team has thrown the ball more this season than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by far. 
You look at the attempts this season passing. Tom Brady had 719 passing attempts this season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The only quarterback close to him was Justin Herbert with 672. Tom Brady threw the ball at an amazing rate this year. No, you know, it's no surprise he led the league in yards by, you know, 302 yards over Justin Herbert. No surprise he led the league in touchdowns by two more than Matthew Stafford. 43 touchdowns on the season. No team threw the ball more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it seems like no team ran the ball less than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this weather is going to be a huge advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles and this rushing attack, this rushing offense that they possess. Nick Sirianni, credit to him understanding what makes this team work and relying on it. Game after game, week after week, uh, this team has been able to uh, figure out what works. Uh, for their offense, and is running the ball, pounding the rock over and over again, all the way down the field. They keep doing it, um, and it's just amazing uh, with Nick Sirianni, what they've been able to do. And ultimately, this is going to be a game where they have to get something figured out um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is it going to be playoff Lenny? You know, is it going to be uh, mixing things up with Rojo? Get Rojo back involved, Ronald Jones. Uh, both guys looks like they're back at practice. Um, you know, I know for a fact Leonard Fournette is, so we will see some playoff Lenny action. But how much will the Buccaneers actually try to run the ball and move out of what's gotten them into the playoffs and been their, you know, focal point this season um, on offense is relying on the arm of Tom Brady? How much do they change it up uh, in this game with the weather being a factor? Because Philadelphia holds the advantage here if this game gets moved to the ground. And it's just interesting to see what transpires here. But big news for the Buccaneers is getting Shaquille Barrett back on defense uh, at linebacker, a guy who was an absolute menace last year um, and you know expecting to be this year in the playoffs. Vita Vea uh, also will be a big um, deal in this game, just you know trying to hold this rush um, in the middle of that defensive line, being that anchor right there in the middle. Um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, trying to stop this run game that the Eagles possess. It's going to be an interesting game um, because on paper, these two teams shouldn't match up with each other. It should not be close in this game in a normal scenario playoff situation, Eagles against the Buccaneers. But now, now that the weather is at this factor that it is in this game, this game is intriguing. A lot of people are switching and taking the Philadelphia Eagles. I've heard a lot. Uh, over the last few days, now that this weather is getting more and more certain uh, for this game on Sunday, people are are switching to the other side. Um, but still, Tom Brady is not someone you want to you know bet against in the playoffs with what he's been able to do. I don't see the you know Tampa Bay being a first round exit with the team that they have and with Tom Brady, the reigning Super Bowl champions. No way that they can be a first round exit to the Philadelphia Eagles. But we just saw one of the most unpredictable seasons in the National Football League. Who knows what could happen in this game? This why this one is so intriguing to me because on one side I don't want to go against Tom Brady. I don't want to go against the Super Bowl champs. But on the other side, man, would it be so nice to see Sirianni, Shalen Hurts, and the Eagles win this game and move on to the next round. Um, you know, arguably and most definitely if they move on, it will be going to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers so they can defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's a tough road 
if you're Eagles fans and you're the Philadelphia Eagles um, to keep an eye on. But first, you got to take down Tom Brady. You got to take down the Buccaneers, the reigning champs at home um, in Tampa Bay. But this weather certainly on their side with their rushing attack. Had 159.7 rushing yards per game. They're going to need all of that and maybe more. And this one on the ground um, with the win in their favor. It's going to be an exciting game to watch, an intriguing one to watch with this factor in place. And I'm a guy who likes to root for the upset. Um, So while I don't think that it'll it'll happen, I got to root for it. Uh, I got to root for the Eagles to get things done on the ground and turn this tide and turn this narrative away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game will just be an absolute treat to add on to the NFL season this year. Next up, Sunday at 4.30, the second game of the slate on Sunday for Super Wild Card Weekend. And, and then, um, excuse me, another NFC matchup, San Francisco 49ers traveling to Jerry's World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. This one, another exciting game. I think this one's probably going to be the most explosive game of the weekend um, and of the first round of the playoffs. The 49ers battled back and took down the LA Rams in Week 18, broke Sean McVay's streak of winning games when leading at halftime came back, I think 17 to three down or whatever um, in that game forcing overtime. Jimmy Garoppolo made some plays, proved me wrong in that game. Uh, you know, I wanted Trey Lance to start. Didn't think Jimmy G was ready. Jimmy G was more than ready in that game made plays. Debo Samuel was a beast in that one. He's going to be a beast again. You'd have to think this weekend in Dallas and the 49ers just rushing offense, what they can do. This is a scary team that I did not want to see make the playoffs. I was actively rooting for the Saints to make the playoffs because legitimately the Niners are a team that should scare every team in the NFC. The way they operate as an offense, the way they operate as a team, boasting that strong defense, one of the strongest defenses, um, now that they're getting healthy on the back end um, in the NFC, the best run game. Um you know, arguably what they can do controlling the ball. Uh, The Eagles, of course, have statistically the best run game in the National Football League, but the Niners have the run game, I think, that can strangle and team to defeat. And Jimmy Garoppolo knows how to run this offense better than anybody else. Um, And if he keeps going this season uh, into the playoffs, being that guy, um, I think he rightfully deserved it at this point uh, to finish the season. You know, as much as I'm a homer of anybody, uh, of Trey Lance, I think Jimmy G uh, deserved his right uh, to lead this team throughout the playoffs in a big game he has this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. And looking at the Cowboys, trying to get healthy, get Pollard back up at um, at running back, the wide receivers, you know, Amari Cooper has an admin all year long and angry about his lack of targets. Does Dak Prescott finally get him involved in this game? C.D. Lamb hasn't been the star everyone expected him to be. Now in, uh, coming into this year, you know, being one of the top receivers in the league, he hasn't played that level at all this season. Um, you know, being, of course, one of the upper echelon, you know, top five, top three guys, that, you know, C.D. Lamb was expected to be. But this is on Dak Prescott, and this is also on Dan Quinn's defense. Can they stop the run game of the San Francisco 49ers and get back on the field? Because if they can, if Dan Quinn orchestrates a defense where they can get the 49ers stopped on offense and get the ball back to the Cowboys, give the Cowboys ample opportunities to move the ball downfield. This team can score better than anybody. 
in the National Football League, and they've shown it all year long what they were able to do as an offense uh, scoring this season. They are the best scoring offense in the National Football League. 530 points scored this season, 31 points per game, had multiple 50 burgers this season. If they get more opportunities, Dan Quinn's defense gets more opportunities for this Cowboys defense, they will score points. And score enough points where it will be hard for Jimmy Garoppolo to get back there and you know compete in this game. You know, especially if this thing gets out of hand, you have to abandon the run game. And from then on, you're relying on the arm of Jimmy Garoppolo. And like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo is the perfect guy to lead this team at this point in the playoffs, but lead this offense. And if you get down big, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you can no longer run your offense. And you're relying on Jimmy Garoppolo to make a play that I don't think he can make time and time again to force his team back. So this one can go one of two ways. A Dallas Cowboys blowout or the San Francisco 49ers will strangle this team down and come out on top victorious Um, in this one. I see it no other way, but Dan Quinn got a huge boost this weekend. um, Getting back Micah Parsons, who is a lock for defensive rookie of the year, back from the COVID list, big, you know, having him back, being a guy who can fly around the linebacker position. He's going to be the guy that gets after the running back. And, you know, is, is the reason this team gets stops. Randy Gregory as well in that defensive line to Marcus Lawrence. Excuse me, Demarcus Lawrence is going to be the big one on that defensive line. But Micah Parsons is the one that's going to be shooting the gaps. He's going to be the one that's shooting outside to stop these outside zone plays that Kyle Shanahan loves with his offense. And he will be the one that can, you know, get the opportunities back on offense for the Dallas Cowboys. This one's going to be a great game to watch and a pivotal game to watch. Because one of these one of these two teams absolutely has a potential to come out in on top in the NFC. And it's just a treat that they get to face each other in the first round. Because both of these teams, if they get hot and they, you know, everything's clicking, they can go all the way um, this year. I ha- you know, honestly believe that, even as a Packers fan, uh, with our number one seed, I'm scared of seeing both these teams getting hot right now and cruising through the playoffs if they get things rolling. Um, so this will be exciting to watch. These two offenses, like I said, can go two one of two ways. I'm excited to see which way it goes um, at 4.30 on Sunday. And to wrap things up on Sunday, we have our last AFC matchup. Pittsburgh Steelers as the seven seed against the Kansas City Chiefs. Go ahead, round of applause for the Steelers making the playoffs. That's the farthest you're going to make it. Uh, ben Roethlisberger knows it. You know He said we're 20-something point underdogs in this one. No one expected us to be here. Let's go out and have fun and make some plays. And that's the only thing the Steelers can hope for in this game. Because it's going to have to you know, take Najee Harris running for 200 yards, Big Ben making five to six actual quarterback-style throws, which he's incapable of at this point in his career. And it's going to have to have T.J. Watt you know, going for four sacks on Patrick Mahomes. And maybe more to beat this team. I don't see this one being close. You know, the bookies don't see this one being close um, in terms of, you know, the spread of this game in the favor of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and this one sitting at 12 and a half point favorites for Sunday night. Oh, the Steelers. Somehow you made it. You, you know, send a candy, you know, send a gift box, send some candy, a goodie bag, whatever to Brandon Staley because he's the sole reason you're even here in the first place. Ah, if only we could have seen Justin Herbert in this situation in the playoffs. 
anyone but the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but Steelers Chiefs on Sunday night uh, will be an interesting one for sure. Um, if the Steelers can actually hang with this team or Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, the rest of this Chiefs offense cruise to a huge win, continue their you know dominance of the AOC playoffs and get into the next round will be an exciting one to see um, on Sunday night. Um, I don't know. Not much to say about it. Um, I didn't think the Steelers get to the situation to even talk about it. Now that they're here, I still have nothing to give them. Um, it's going to have to take an insane performance by Mike Tomlin and the rest of his coaching staff and surprisingly big plays from Ben Roethlisberger that he has not made at all this season if they have any shot at coming out on top in this one. So I'm just going to go ahead and chalk it up for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, for all the Steelers fans, all you Yenzers out there listening, um, I'm just going to chalk it up for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hope for the best um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving on to Monday night. Um, first ever Monday night in Super Wild Card Weekend, the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. This one will be an interesting one to consider because I've talked about it all week long uh, with some of my close friends. I can see both teams losing this game more than I can see both teams, either team winning this game. I'll say that again. I can see both teams losing this game before I could see either team winning this game. The Arizona Cardinals have proved to me that they are not a contender. And, you know, despite their you know start to the season, that downfall they had and complete bottom out that they had without DeAndre Hopkins, without J.J. Watt, you know, they're already without Hopkins in this game. It seems like he's going to end up being ruled out um, the way this is trending for him on Monday. And J.J. Watt, he might be able to come back, but I think he also might be pretty much of a close to game time decision um, if he's going to be able to suit back up for this defense um, in Arizona. Robert Alford also is going to be a big one to see if they can get him back at corner. I don't know. I don't know what to expect here um, in this game. Kyler Murray's going to have to have a great game. And Cliff Kingsbury has said it as well. He's going to have to have his best game in his career for the Arizona, uh, Arizona Cardinals um, to come out on top in the first round, going in to SoFi to take on the Rams. And for the Rams, it's all on the arm and the actually the mind and the decision-making of Matthew Stafford. Because he has been one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks this year and also one of the best quarterbacks this year. He can help, you know, every game that the Rams have absolutely dominated is because Matthew Stafford has dominated. And almost every single game that the um, LA Rams have lost this year is because Matthew Stafford made a decision in that game and cost the team. Whether it be a fumble, whether it be um, you know a missed throw, whether it be the countless interceptions he has had this season at pivotal points where they should not have happened for this Rams offense. This one's going to be a big one uh, for both sides. Um, I mean, Matthew Stafford, he is tied for the league high in interceptions with Trevor Lawrence this year at 17 interceptions. That can't happen if you want to win this game against the Arizona Cardinals. That cannot happen. Uh, but I also want to see how much Cam Akers gets involved in the run game. You know, you have to think, if this is the downfall of this team, is Matthew Stafford and his interceptions start taking the ball out of his hands. I think they can still get it done against the Arizona Cardinals, even if they're not the pass-heavy team that they've been this season, forcing the ball 
to their um you know to their weapons they have you know especially at wide receiver with Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson forcing the ball to those guys. I don't think honestly that needs to be done. With no DeAndre Hopkins in this game, it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to really keep pace with how good of an offense the Rams can be. And I think if you utilize the run game as a focal point early on in this game with Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle especially, you can take a lot of pressure off Matthew Stafford once this game starts getting to the gritty points late in the you know late in the end, and then you give him the opportunity to make a play, um, really to you know bottom out the Arizona Cardinals and you know seal this game up. I can see this game, you know, going in early into the fourth quarter where the Cardinals look like they're battling back. Rams defense makes a stop, and then they unleash Matthew Stafford. Big shot, open that game up, and really just take the top off of this team. Um, and, you know, for the L.A. Rams, that's how I could see this game going if Sean McVay runs this team the right way um, in this matchup and, you know, doesn't, you know, force time and time again Matthew Stafford to make a play which ultimately winds up bad more than it does good uh, for this Rams team. But closing out Sunday, uh, or excuse me, on Monday, uh, Super Wildcard Weekend will be a fun one to watch between these two teams, two divisional matchups here, yet again between the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. If we you know look at these two teams and what they've uh, done the first two times, these two teams have matched up. Matched up really early in the season. Uh, back in week four, the Rams came up 30, or excuse me, the Cardinals came up 37 to 20. They're, they're insane start to the season. Um, a big win, 37 to 20. But then the Rams came back around late in the season, had a 30 to 23 win um, in that one. So honestly, I can see that going, you know, one of those two routes. Uh, this is going to be a high scoring fair. Uh, two offenses, both keen and getting to the end zone, scoring points, especially. Uh, or respectively, um, with these two sides, the Cardinals and the Rams. It'll be a fun one to watch to close out Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, I, I'm excited for the playoffs this year, ready to get things back and going into the flow with the show as well. We're going to keep doing some podcasts uh, throughout the remainder of the playoffs. And then we got draft talk coming up. Uh, so exciting start to the year. Hope you guys are ready to enjoy it. Uh, but for now, that's all the time we have. Just wanted to real quick dive into all these games and, you know, really just understand what's at, you know, at stake that we're expecting to see um, in these games, how two sides are likely going to play this um, and ultimately ready for some good football um, this weekend and super wildcard weekend. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week uh, for the divisional round um, and break down all the matchups as well. Thank you all for listening to the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. And until next time, peace.